Our text for the sermon today is from 1 Peter 1, going into 1 Peter 2. Here's what God tells us. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. This is God's word. All human beings have the same problem. We just heard it. It said, all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall. The problem is, life is frail, and life is short. Now, Probably all of you have seen this one way or another. Some of you have seen it a few times over. A new generation pops up like in spring, full green blooming, full of hope and life and and the prospects for the future. And then that generation eventually becomes older, decays, becomes frail, and eventually passes away. And then it happens again. New hope, new life springs up and then always, like there's, there's no... There's no way out of it. It works the same for everybody. Whether you're rich or you're poor, whether you are a somebody or you are a nobody or so you think, a celebrity, people who look really good, people who look really bad, it is the same for everybody. So what do we do about it? And let's say as a, as a society, as a culture, what do we do about it? We actually ignore it or we try to. We choose to focus on like, youngness and life and health and just kind of forget about weakness and frailty and, and dying. I mean, just take a look at any magazine cover anywhere. Take a look at the people who are held up as influencers or celebrities. If, and it sounds horrible to say it this way, so I'm sorry, but like if they age out, like what happens? They get replaced. We don't focus on how life decays and, and it And it's frail. We focus on how it's vibrant and strong and healthy. But it's the same. It's the same for everyone. Life is fleeting. And all of us, in the end, we fall. We die. Why? The Bible's very clear on this. In Romans chapter 5, it says this, Sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. It's so clear. He's talking about Adam, the very first human being who sinned, who disobeyed God, ate the forbidden fruit. And so he faced death and he passed on his sinful nature to all his descendants, which includes you and me and everyone. It's, it's kind of depressing. All people are like grass. They all fall. All human beings have the same problem, death caused by sin. But God also has a solution. And the Bible is also very clear about this. In 1 Corinthians, God tells us this. 
He says, as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. And that one sentence, that is the story of the entire Bible, isn't it? God came down to earth as as a human being, as Jesus, to live our life for us in our place as our substitute. He took on our sin on his shoulders. He died our death on his cross. He suffered our sufferings in his body. And then he burst forth from our grave in glorious triumph on Easter. And he did all this so that he could carry us through this life, be with us in this life, and eventually take us out of this world of death and into a world of eternal life. That's the message of the Bible and we know it and we love it and it changes everything for us. It changes our reality. It changes the way that we live and it gives us a new hope in dying all because of what Peter said, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, in other words, seed that dies, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. By God's grace, through faith in Jesus, spiritual life has begun in you and it will grow and continue for all eternity. So here's where we're at, right? All people have the same problem, death caused by sin. But we all have a complete solution given to us in Jesus. He took away our sins and promised that he made us worthy of eternal life. Number three, we receive this through the living and enduring word of God. And number four, we will all live and endure forever through God's word as well. So great, right? Everything is good, and now it's just smooth sailing through life, right? Wrong. Because we're not we're not in heaven yet, are we? We're in you could you could say enemy territory. And there's an enemy inside of us called our sinful nature. There's an enemy out there called the devil. And we talk about the world being our enemy as well. And I'm not demonizing anyone, but everything in the world, if it's not pushing us towards God, then it's pulling us away from God. In all these enemies, they are constantly conspiring against you and me to get us to do something very foolish. It'd be like this. Imagine imagine there's a person who got lost in the desert, didn't have any food or water, and they were about to die, but then they got found. And they went back to civilization. They got all the food and all the water they needed. They regained their health. They had big parties with everyone who thought they were dead, but now they're alive. But then after a few months... They just forgot, they, they kind of forgot to eat food and drink water. And they kept on forgetting and they slowly starved to death. Or imagine that there were a person who just had tons of health difficulties and they couldn't figure out what was wrong, but then finally the diagnosis arrived. The doctors figured it out and it was a rare but also very treatable disease. There was medicine that worked perfectly. All you had to do was take it. And for a few months, the person took the medicine and was perfectly healthy. But then after a couple months, the person just kind of forgot to take medicine. And even when their health started deteriorating, they just kind of kept on forgetting to take it. And eventually the disease consumed them. How foolish is that? How foolish would that be? The answer is the most foolish If you knew either of those people and loved either of those people, you would go up to to them and do anything you possibly could to say, what are you doing? You're, You're literally wasting away and the answer is right here. Let me give you food and water. Let me give you your medicine. Now imagine this. 
a person becomes a Christian. A person is taken from spiritual death to spiritual life by God's grace. And that is the most wonderful miracle in existence. And then after a few months, or maybe it's a few years, or maybe even a few decades, they just kind of forget. They kind of forget to consume the very thing that brought them from death to life in the first place. And, and their faith starts fading. It becomes frail. And eventually, it dies. How foolish is that? The most, the most foolish. And yet, that is constantly what the devil and the world and our sinful nature are trying to get us to do. To unplug ourselves from the very thing that feeds our faith so that we don't die spiritually with the snap of a finger, but over time, we gradually spiritually starve to death. Now, we could talk in another sermon, and it'd be so easy to. We could talk about how in culture, over the last hundred years, and especially in the last couple decades, um, even maybe more so now, it seems to be accelerating, God's word has lost a massive amount of its voice in our world. We could talk about things like biblical illiteracy, even among Christians, like we just don't know what the Bible says and even all the stories and accounts like we used to. We could talk about how people, especially my age and younger, um, tend to say things like I'm spiritual but not religious, like we have faith in some general God form thing, but we have no real contact with our actual Savior Jesus. We could talk about all those things, but this sermon is not about what's happening in our culture. It's about what's happening in our hearts as individuals because that's much more important than what's going on out there generally. Because it's not just culture, it's all individuals. All individuals who have hearts and souls who need, whether they know it or not, God's word and God's promises just like we all do. This is about what the devil is trying to do in our heart every day. Again, get us to unplug. Even though for maybe for decades you've thought, wow, I couldn't live without God and his word. But the devil's trying to get you to think in the present, yeah, I don't, I don't really need it, I suppose. And sometimes he does this through bad times. Like maybe you lost your health or you lost your job or you lost a relationship or you lost like the way you think life should be. And instead of reaching out to people around you or instead of reaching out to God's word, you just retreat like a turtle into its shell and you die a slow spiritual starvation death. But more often than that, I think, the devil works through the good times. Like life is comfortable. You got a promotion. You're kind of set as far as this world comes. You got a lot going on. You have a great social life. You have a lot of friends, a lot of family, and it's action-packed and it's busy. And so you're going here and there and life is good and you never say it out loud that you forgot God's word or that you don't need God's word because everything is good. We'd never say that. But that's what he gets us to think. We just kind of forget and slowly get sick spiritually. And if you listen to those voices that the devil is telling you, that the sinful nature is telling you, then yeah, faith can starve little by little. Again, not with the snap of a finger, usually. 
but over the course of a long period of time, and yet it can sadly die. How do you think of the Bible? Maybe it's a thing that's always on the shelf in your house somewhere. You know exactly where it is. Maybe you pick it up and read it every day. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's something that's on your phone and you can always go there and, yeah, you kind of think I should look at it more, but I don't really. To be honest, that's, that's how I am. I kind of admitted that to the kids. Like, pastors have a sinful nature too. Even pastors who are in God's word all week preparing to speak it to you all on a personal level, it's incredibly easy to kind of just forget about it and not hold on to it. But Peter, he's got a great picture for how we should think of God's word. He says, we should be like little babies and how they think of their food, their milk. He said, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Most of you have met our baby son, Titus. He's 10 and a half months old and he's pretty happy most of the time. But if he's eating and you grab him away, I, I thought about doing this this week, but I was too scared to, so I didn't. But imagine if you did. Imagine Becky's holding him in her arms and you grab him away while he's eating. He can't talk, but you're going to know what he's thinking and your ears are going to hurt too. Why? Two reasons. Because babies typically, they want their milk or their formula or whatever they eat. They want it because it tastes good and they like it. They like eating and drinking. But they also need it. And they wouldn't say it that way, but we know that they need it. Because without milk or formula or whatever, babies, like, they can't grow. They can't function. They need it to survive. And Peter says, that's how we are with God's word. Just picture this, because we all want this, but picture it in a perfect way. What if we wanted God's word like that? Like, when you've come to taste that the Lord is good, why would we not want desperately, like a baby wants to eat and drink, why would we not want to hear about a God like that who loves us so much, even when other people might tell us we're worthless or we might feel worthless ourselves because of what we did or just because of the way our mind works? But a God who loved us so much that he sacrificed himself, a God who walks with us through the entire life, and I know it's difficult, especially when you're in the deepest depths of pain and suffering, but he really does take all that suffering and somehow work it for our good. Why would we not want to hear more from a God who promises to use what people would call the worst thing, death, and he uses it to usher us into everlasting life? Why would we not want to take him in more and more and more? But even more importantly than that, God's word is something that we need. Look out in the world. Look, look in your own heart. Um, it's not just that life is finite and short. It's also heavy. You turn on the news or look in the newspaper. More often than not, it's not happy, good headlines. It's the things that are going wrong in places around the globe and in our country too. And you look inside and it, it doesn't get any better. Life is heavy. God's word, the pure spiritual milk, is not just something we want, it's something 
We need. And so we need to be refreshed. We need reminders of who we are in relation to God. And really, who you are in relation to God, when it comes down to it, it's the thing that matters the most. We need to to by God's power and strength and grace fight against the devil who is constantly trying to get us to not even think about it, but just kind of forget about God's word and everything that it does for us and does through us. Um, Peter says again, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. You could call, this is kind of a loaded term in some ways, but you could call this a sermon on self-care. Because if you want to live a God-lived life, if you want to be a blessing to the people around you, if you want to have the strength, because it takes strength to not think of yourself and just be for others. If you want to not merely just make it to the end of life and make it to eternity, but also make an impact on the people around you during this life, then you need fuel. You need food. You need pure spiritual milk, and that's what you have in God's word. If you want to live a life of being a disciple, and I'm quoting the next three weeks here, if you want to live a life for others, if you want to live a life of hospitality, and if you want to live a shrewdly generous life, a God-lived life, then you need God's word. And that is exactly what you have. So remember it. Hold on to it like newborn babies. Crave it. And God will give it to you. Amen.